This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, it's the annual Fan Forum with Darren Edge and Rowan Meesday, who have their own views of the way supercars in 2023 and the new Gen 3 rollout has gone. They've kind of given up the Ford boys, so, you know, they're, they're, they're just dejected and, and unhappy at the moment, so you want to see them doing half okay, maybe not winning, but getting a few podiums every now and then, it'd be all right. Including their thoughts on driver personality. Drivers are allowed to, to be themselves and, and have an attitude and, and a personality, and, and it's it's missing from supercars it hasn't been in supercars for a long time now and that's definitely one of the things that you know we're all kind of needing to or or wanting wanting to see again is drivers being able to speak their minds being able to be themselves and and as you said not be that corporatized and how long the season should be probably 15 or 16 probably more than that and the season's going too long it's our annual fan forum and it starts now Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's a very special event tonight because it's another of the 2023, the Fan Forum. We're seeking the opinion of those people who have not just got their life involved in it, they've got long time committed to this series. Welcome, first of all, Rowan and Darren. Joining us on the show with Craig Lavelle and Tony Whitlock. Welcome, both of you. Thanks, Rowan. It's good to be back again. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. Absolutely terrific. As we have usually done, given you some topics to mull over and we want your opinions on it. And obviously it's because you're not, you know, you don't have anything floating on it in, in this because of the work you do around it, but because you love the series and have followed it for many years. And that's what we want is the passion that you have for it. So let's start off with Gen 3. It's obviously a very hot topic and it has been for some Three years, I suppose. Darren, first of all, your feeling about the racing in terms of Gen 3? I think it's uh, it's still got a little way to go, but I'm actually quite um, I'm quite bullish about where it'll get to. I think once the parity issues are, are sorted out, uh, I think the racing's going to be better. And we saw a little bit of that at Darwin. So I think that first race at Darwin was a cracker of a race. So I'm I'm pretty pleased with the way it's going. It's it's not there yet, but I'm I'm hopeful. And Rowan, yeah, look at the at the start of the season. I've got to say those uh, those first two races at Newcastle. I was I was 
pretty disappointed with at the end of that. I thought, well, if this is uh, if this is what we're in for for the rest of the year, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think they've failed in their in their mission to make it more more entertaining. But the the last few rounds have, have definitely picked up, and I think they're they're doing a lot better. Uh, as as Darren said, the you know the parity between the Camaros and the and the Fords is still. Uh, there's still a bit of work to do with that, but there's, you know, there's been several different winners in the Camaros this year, and and you know the, the Erebus boys are on top. It's not, it's not Triple Eight winning everything, so I think it's, you know, it's it's definitely brought brought a lot of people a bit closer to the front, and uh, and it has mixed things up a little bit, and uh, and qualifying, like qualifying's been spectacular. With you know having twenty cars separated by two, three tenths of a second, just just watching those is, is awesome. So, you know, there's as as Darren said, there's a there's there's still work to be done and a lot of work to be done, but um I'm yeah, um I, I think it's gonna get there eventually. Craig, of course we should actually uh, explain that Rowan's sitting there in his Erebus outfit, showing <laughs> the colours well and truly. Uh, yeah, indeed. And expect him of course to be Fully conversant with the way the point score is at the moment. Um, your, your feelings, Craig, that, uh, um, yeah, it's good to see someone on top of, for a change, different on top. It is different on top, but it's been fascinating to see all the ins and outs in and around the new cars and what has perhaps not gone to plan, and that is the Ford teams have been more than disappointing. And... Uh, in full disclosure, we've got someone wearing a Middies number 14 Brad Jones racing shirt as well there, Darren Edge. So uh, I think we do have a couple of, oh, I was about to say Holden fans, Chevy fans uh, that are on the pod. You've both touched on Darren and Rowan. You've both touched on the, the parity issue. Um, uh, Rowan, uh, obviously enjoying seeing Becky's boys do, and girls doing a, a great job. But you're feeling that uh, there's some work to do on uh, the parity. Oh, certainly. Like even as a you know Holden slash General Motors fan, you know we've you know grown up bleeding red. But you know I, I you, you don't want to see a one sided series. You, you need to have that other manufacturer, or you know if there's multiple manufacturers in the series, you need to have them doing well to to make it entertaining. I, I love seeing our boys, the Erebus boys, up the front and winning races, but. You also want to see some competition coming from the other side being being forward. So when they're struggling like they are, it, it does take a little bit away from the excitement because you know you, you, you've got nothing to stick it to your mates to. You know every single week they've kind of given up the Ford boys. So you know they're they're, they're just dejected and, and unhappy at the moment. So you want to see them doing half okay, maybe not winning, but getting a few podiums every now and then would be all right. So you know yeah, there, there's definitely a bit of work to be done there somewhere because there's clearly something wrong with that Mustang. It's just not as good as the Camaros and they, they need to, to figure out why and fix it. I think if you look at you know the, a, a couple of really good points, though, from this year is that um, if you look at the cars themselves, so the cars look fantastic, they sound fantastic, and they've clearly got qualifying sorted. It's just the race trim where there where there's something not quite right there. So if they can get that tweaked a little bit, I reckon we'll be on for a cracker series. Craig, you would have seen well and truly up in uh, Darwin, where and we heard both uh, Jack LeBrock and uh, Zane Goddard and others talking about maybe not Zane, but others talking about how you couldn't follow closely. It, you know, the front tires went away, and their whole problem of 
of uh, being in the slipstream uh, was a problem for the car's overheating. You have got some issues that now have been triggered, and this week Supercars is starting the process of looking at the parity. But what I find interesting is, have the Ford teams actually been doing well enough? Is it a problem of the car, or is it a... Is it a fundamental that the teams haven't been doing enough? Now, I'm not saying the drivers aren't doing good enough. I'm just asking the question, you know, teams can be up there, down, up and down, up and down, where we've seen the Chevrolet teams be far more uh, consistent in their performance. So I don't know that everything is down to the car yet, and I don't think that we've found that out. We've just seen a lot of one car up at the front of the field. And I'm interested in, Darren and, and Rowan, your thoughts are about that. Is it the car or is it the team? Well, in terms of the, the car or the team, well, you know, in not necessarily the team, but the, the drivers, I, I believe, that the, the four guys have got. Like, there's in, – in terms of people I feel like are genuine race winners constantly, Ford have only got two of them, and that's Chas Mossett and Cam Waters. Um, you know, other, other than that, their they're drivers – in, in those cars aren't necessarily up to it, but the you know the the cars themselves and the teams themselves. I don't think Ford performance haven't been performing at the level they want to be performing at for years now, and WAU have just moved from General Motors Ford or, or Holden to to Ford, which is a big change. So you know they're probably not going to be doing as well as they would have liked to have been doing because they're running with a completely different package than they've ever been used to, even though everyone else is. It's a, it's a big change. And I just think they're, they, they may be struggling the teams because all the Camaro teams, there's, there's two Camaro teams out there now that have got wins that haven't got one before. So uh, yeah, look, I think the Ford team need to pick up the slack a little bit. Parity might be a bit of an issue, but yeah, I think they just need to, you know, tweak their cars a little bit better and, and, Get, get on top of some certain things as well because the the pace is definitely there. As Darren said, in qualifying, they've got the pace. It's just the race trim they, they can't get right. As a Brad Jones man, I assume that, wearing a midi shirt. Is it Brad or Bryce if your colours on board? Uh, it's Bryce. I actually uh, I, I work for midi, so I've got a little bit of bias in there. So, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so but, That's fine. Uh, but, That's but, fine. But, but back on the, on the teams versus the car, I actually think it's the car because um, I just can't see how um, FBR and DJR and WAU can all be, you know, performing off the pace this year. Now, if one or two of them may be, but, but nobody's really hitting their straps. And I think, you know, there's some very good drivers there. You mentioned a few, Rowan, but, you know, you, you can't really discount um, Will and Anton at DJR, and I don't think they're performing anywhere near where they were last year, and I don't think that's necessarily about about them as drivers. I, I think there's something not quite right there at, in race trim. The the fact the fact that I forgot about DGR completely in that conversation says a lot about how they've been performing this year, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we've we've certainly seen the rise of Erebus, and uh, and well, Triple Eight obviously having those two uh, one two from the first race of the season disqualified from that makes a, a massive change to the season. The other thing I found fascinating is uh, talking with Will Brown, it was in fact at a CCR meeting at Phillip Island, and Will was 
rejoicing in the fact that Shane just keeps on complaining and Shane, and he talked about how, you know, obviously at that stage it wasn't totally evident, but Brock Feeney has risen dramatically where Shane hasn't to the same degree. He hasn't bounced back after the initial shock of losing that, that race. And it might well be that thing where Shane has psyched himself out slightly. Um, we all know that he's headed off to the US and that this weekend he'll be at Chicago uh, round the, the streets there. Um, Craig, your thoughts on, on the, the position of Triple Eight in the championship? I think that the only reason Triple Eight aren't at the top is because they lost all those points. That's not to say that I don't think that Erebus is doing a wonderful job. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't think Erebus is doing a wonderful job. But the numbers say that it would be situation normal were it not for those for those double disqualifications. Even at Darwin, where everyone was going, oh, Shane didn't have a good run, he still had the second highest points out of the weekend. His teammate, Brock Feeney, just happened to have the most points out of the weekend. So I guess it comes yeah. down to the way you cut the cake and how you look at it. He has been so dominant. Is it a case of... Well, unless he's completely dominating, it's it's just not a a good outcome. Yeah, I was going to say, every, yeah, everyone's you know kind of saying Shane, yeah, you know he's he's, he's not he's not doing that great, and he's, he's not the fact that the only reason he's not doing that great in everyone's eyes is because he hasn't won the first six seven races of the season like he did last year. Like last year, he's he's won the championship in you know the record amount of races. I think it was twenty one races in a, in a year. And, you know, so, so compared to Shane 2022 to Shane 2023, yeah, he's not, he's not doing the best, but that's because he was so dominant last year. He's still, he's still up there and he's still probably the benchmark in the competition. So, you know, you can, you can never say Shane's not having a good, a good time because, or not, I don't think he's having a good time to be honest with you, but he's not, he's not doing badly. No, he's not. But, but one of the things that I've, I've really enjoyed this year is that, you know, I, I'm, I'd probably characterise it as, as last year um, when Shane wasn't at the front and he was coming through the field, he would pull up behind people and they would almost get out of his way and let him pass, right? And I'm exaggerating a bit, right? But he did it very, very easy. He's not doing that this year. Um, and I think, I don't think people are as um, daunted by him when they see him in the rearview mirror. They're sort of going, okay, well, well we're on for a race here. And I think that's fantastic. Mm, yeah, sure. In, in, indeed. And in fact, that very thing is what Brody several times, uh, both in Western Australia and Darwin, you know, there's clearly that Brody has won and will probably, to, to a lesser degree, not taking it all. They're not sort of all over center like, you know, oh, it's Shane, strikey, let's get out of his way. And almost that rush to, to let him pass. Um, thinking now of the series, um, we saw up in Darwin, of course, 26 cars, because there was uh, Declan Fraser uh, joining in, as he will with later in the Enduros with Craig Lowndes in the Super Cheap car. Um, as you probably are aware, there's been uh, some suggestions about a reduction in the field to 24. That's the ideal number they want. Rowan? What a joke. What an absolute joke. There's If, there, if there's one thing from, you know, just being pretty prevalent on supercars fan pages running the Erebus one, you know, the Erebus Motorsport Army group on, on social media. If there's one thing that the 
every single fan, I don't think I've seen a single fan say they want more of is more cars on track. We want more cars on track. We want more racing. And and for them to turn around now and say they want to take two TRCs away from the field instead of putting more cars on the track is is just ridiculous. And the reason behind it is even more ridiculous. They're, they're saying they want to do that because it makes it easier for them to go overseas. The other thing we don't want is international racing as fans. We want to see more racing here. We want more rounds in Australia. We want more cars on the grid. And and their their plan to take cars away to to send them overseas is is just absurd. And I, don't, I, I want to know who's come up with this idea because it's lunacy almost. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I'd like to see more cars. Um, and in particular, I, I'd love to see Peter Addison get a couple of licenses. Um, I, I think more cars on the grid uh, is better for the racing. Um, and, you know, trying to, to cut it down to 24 just so we can take some cars overseas. No, I, I, look, I'm happy for overseas racing. Don't get me wrong. But, but I don't think we should be cutting the number of cars. I think that's the wrong direction to go in. Yeah. And Craig, of course, this whole thing is, uh, we believe, driven by Barclay Nettlefold, the new chairman and the man who has reputedly said that, you know, it would make uh, a lot of sense to go to Singapore, for instance, and do more Formula One events. There is a move that they want to get it into the uh, realms of being able to do more overseas events. They also are now talking about, well, we've got to do more local events as well. So this year we've got a ludicrously small calendar, I think everyone would agree. And next year, well, there'll be a few more races for sure, but whether that will actually see us move up to what will be getting all the main Australian tracks back onto the calendar will be interesting. Now, I know, Tony, that you have been well aware for some time now, not only is the number of cars an issue for taking them overseas, they've also got a problem with the size of the cars. Indeed. They're having to modify the uh, O'Brien aluminium-built racks that came into being, I think, about 2005, when we uh, flew the cars for the first time, and it was uh, China um, and, of course, to New Zealand. And those racks have to be modified because the cars are wider, longer. uh, They don't fit on the the racks as they are. So there's a lot of money having to be spent on those. And that's going to change things enormously. It means also the plane has to be bigger to take them. So that's why they're looking to cut them back to make it easier to take the series. But, you know, it's hard to believe. Well, you know, the, the thing that probably we need to all stay to step back from is that in our time, from when, you know, I started watching motor racing, which was, you know, in the 60s, um, that, of course, it was all free to air. Now, in our time now, we have to subscribe to watch television, to watch the same series, which is very different. Darren, I would think that you would have been a subscriber from some time ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and I think I've, I've, I've just given in on that. So... You know, I subscribe, and, and that's the way I now watch you know, V8 supercars. Simple as that. I've, I've got to admit, I'm pretty lucky. I, I sponge off my pops for, uh, Foxtel to uh, to be able to watch it. So, 
he was he, he was nice enough to give me his login details, so I, I can watch off that. So th- thanks for that. Thanks for that. Quite much appreciated. So <laughs> I do have KO as well, which that's, to be honest with you, that's predominantly where I watch it on. So that's you know, it's, it's good that one because you can go back if you don't get a chance to actually watch the races. They've got the the minis you can catch up on, and you can go back and watch the full replay. So you know, I think if you there's a lot of people these days still that probably can't necessarily fit it into their budget, but you know, if if you're if you're a diehard fan, you are just going to suck it up and pay for it. Like that's just the way it is these days. So, you know, that's that's the where, where you can tell the true diehards from the uh, you know from the occasional fans. I think is if you, if you're if you're a diehard, you're gonna you're gonna suck it up and you're gonna pay for it, whether you like it or not. You're gonna do it. The dilution of the Foxtel platform with all the other streaming services, and what's become interesting is the fact now that we have got so many different players in the market that want to try and get your dollar. And admittedly, I want Foxtel for the AFL as much as I want it for the motorsport. There's other things on Fox that will keep me there. But when we look at the stand, and I'm interested, Darren and Rowan, on your thoughts on the stand, the double blind, you've got to buy stand and then you've got to buy stand sport to be able to see TCR to see IndyCar, to see these other events, which we were for 15, 20 years seeing on Fox, even the Le Mans a month ago. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good one, actually. So with, with the stand and, you know, um, it's, it's quite expensive because to get the stand, you've got to pay the, I think it's 15 or 20 bucks a month for the stand as itself, as a, as a standalone, uh, you know, uh, streaming service, and then an extra $10 a month for the um for the sports one, which I think brings it up to about thirty dollars a month, which you know, when you've got your your other subscriptions, it, it does become quite expensive, and it's it's difficult. And I personally, I, I don't have one at the moment. I'm just trying to find other ways to be able to watch the TCRs and stuff when they're on. And I personally, I reckon that was a bit of a bad move from TCR to do that because they've they've taken away a lot of market to bring in new fans to that sport. Now, I understand why they had to do it because the money's good, but, you know, it's not it's not good in that aspect. And there is a lot of fans of motorsport that would love to watch those series, TCR, IndyCar, all those things, that probably aren't tuning in because Supercars is still their number one and they're, they're going to pay the money for Foxtel or KO to watch that over the other ones if they if they have to choose. Yeah, pretty much likewise. I mean, the, uh, really the only reason I bought Foxtel in the first place was because of V8 Supercars. And I've just stuck with it. Um, you know, I watch footy on it as well, but um, but like I said, I've just sort of given in, and that's uh, that's the only place to really watch it these days. There've been a couple of rather large omissions from this year's calendar, and obviously because of COVID, things all changed, and we were all doing those triple weekends and quadruple weekends, all that sort of thing. But you know, can you name Darren maybe the tracks that you think should be back on next year's calendar? Winton and Phillip Island. So. Yeah, the two that really stick out to me, both tracks that I that I love, um, and it's, it's really sad to miss them. You know, um, you know, it's actually it'd be this time of year, actually a little bit earlier, we'd um, we'd be up at Winton, so typically in early June. Um, yep. So yeah, I think they they need to come back. Rowan, hundred percent, exactly the same. Winton and Phillip Island are the the two that, that definitely need to come back. And you know, I understand the the New Zealand round is is something that was. Out of, out of supercars' hands, but they need to, you know, and I believe they are working on it, getting something at, uh, at Tupo. But, uh, yeah, when, uh, in, in Australia, Winton and Phillip Island need to come back on the calendar. They're just two classic 
you know, racing circuits in this country that, that both have completely unique and different styles of racing to each other as well. And, uh, you know, a little bit biased being a Victorian. So, you know, I can, I can quite easily get to both of those events, but they're just great tracks. So they're, they're the two yeah. that we need to see back again. I'm not, I'm not too fussed on Queensland Raceway. I'm not a, a, a massive fan of, of QR, but, uh, yeah, you know, Win- Winton and Phillip Island are just, awesome tracks that need to be, you know, supercars need to go there if they're serious. Craig, I I actually think that uh, given that the Gold Coast is now featuring again and that uh, we uh, will obviously see Townsville in a couple of weeks' time, I I think QR should be back on again, principally because it's on the doorstep of the, not half the field, a third of the field Mm. are up there. I always refer to when people say, oh, it's pretty boring, it's not that exciting, is A, you can sit in the spectator area and see almost all the track. And B, whenever you talk to the drivers, they say this track is one of the most difficult. They go, it just looks so easy, but it is so difficult because every corner is different in its in its makeup, in its turn radiuses, and it's actually technically quite a challenging track for the drivers and that always has me fascinated that yes they took out natural undulations that could have been there to have this you know billiard table but dry it's a driver's racetrack and it's a track drivers like to drive i, I, I do agree with you with the fan bit there like we've, we've been able to see you know as I've, I've never been there because i'm obviously down in victoria it's a long way to go but in terms of being able to see the whole track like that's that's one thing i do love as a fan is going to a track where you can you can see everything. That that's you know that that's one thing I'll give Queensland Raceway, and I've raced it on some online games, and it is a bloody tough track to race on. So you know, <laughs> as, as much as I think it's a little bit dull, it, it's I, I agree with those two points for sure. I always remember the Daytona USA. I had a mate who had a video arcade when that came out Darren and you're not in your head so I take it you've uh, played the old day yeah. Tony USA and he always said that for all the people that complained about oh ovals are boring he said it was it was the least successful track for everyone who played they could race <laughs> on the road the other two road courses and and those sorts of things and and complete the course he said it was normally pretty rare for them to be able to complete the course on the oval we'll vouch for that okay let's just um hypothesize about the size of the series and, you know, discount the chance that we'd be doing two rounds in New Zealand. But, I mean, at its peak, did we see, was it 16, Craig, was the largest number we've seen of set rounds? Yes, that's right. It was 16 at a maximum. Okay, so, you know, obviously, uh, Tail and Ben's back in there as series. It's a pity that they haven't run an enduro at the Tail and Ben because, obviously, Sandown's only got one or two more years in it. And, you know, it's a terrific track, as we all know, to go to, to watch. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging track and a great tune-up for batters. But, okay, so we've got, you know, Taylor Ann, we've got Barbagello, we've got Simmons Plains, the Adelaide Circuit's back in there. And, and I think that, uh, did either of you guys go to Adelaide? Man, uh, no, yeah, never been to Adelaide okay. yet. Definitely on the bucket list. Craig and I were both there. And one of the things that was fantastic about it was that it wasn't trying to recreate. It's not the opening round. It's the finishing round. And it was a great event. And for a totally different reason, it was the end of the year. And there was a certain amount of celebration. And obviously, you know, Shane, you know, wrapped up his series well and truly and all those sort of things. But it was a, a wonderful event. So, you know, we've, we've obviously got a great bunch of racetracks and events to go to. How many do you think there should be? 
Darren? I think it's, yeah, I think it's, for me, probably 15 or 16, yep. probably more than that, and the, and the season's going too long. Um, but it's certainly, what are we, what are we this, this year, 12? 12, 12 yeah. yeah. Yeah, 12, that, that's just way too short, and, and the gaps are a bit too big in between some of the rounds. So, yeah, 15 to 16 would be ideal for me. Rowan? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I, th- I think 15 is probably the perfect number. Like, I'd, I'd be happy with 16, but I think 15 is the, you know, is, is the sweet spot to, to have enough to keep the fans entertained, not too much that people are going to get burnt out. Um, that, that's definitely, yeah, where, where I think it's going to be. If, if they're going to go overseas, they probably do need to add another round because I think you don't want to take those 15 rounds away from over here. 12, 12 is just ridiculous. Like, where, you know, as, as race fans, so bored like you know you're forgetting that that supercars is on almost and then all of a sudden you know a month comes around and and you see an ad on facebook or somewhere like that and you're, oh that's right supercars again yeah so you know 12 12 is just not enough going four weeks between rounds not just for us fans but drivers are getting bored they're all going overseas they're doing different things you know everyone's bored out of their brains because there's, there's a month between each round and it's just not enough so um yeah 15 is my sweet spot Craig, as we know, you know, there was a lot of burnout happened because of um, the COVID situation when the teams were on the road for a, from Victoria for 100 plus days. We saw and know of, you know, people who left the sport. Um, you know, they were burned out, they, you know, wives, kids and all those sorts of things. So we know that that burnout thing is a very real thing. And one of the great problems is staff retention because, you know, young people who don't have the same passion that we did as, as kids coming through and watching these races. Um, that's not the same thing happening. That I can go and work at a Ford dealer and earn more money or do something else. Craig, you're seeing that. Uh, you'd be aware of those sort of situations, wouldn't you? Yeah, and over the years we've spoken to plenty of uh, guys who have left the sport. We see them coming back for the Super 2 series to get their fix in Super 2, Super 3. So... They're lost to the day-to-day. They might not be lost after a while to motorsport in general, but it is a concern because you don't just pick up a highly technical specialist off the street. You've got to spend time training them. And I think one of the stories this week, which is fantastic, I think, for Romy Meyer, who's going over to Premier, that's a, that's a big pickup because she is a high class high quality engineer we saw what she did last year with the wild card being able to get that to its most successful finish and uh, were she to move into tim slade's engineering role which is at a, a revolving door of engineers in that car it would also then see uh, an opportunity for her to really strut her stuff and and put herself on the uh, radar of the more casual supercar fan. Yeah, motorsport Australia are very keen on is this women in motorsport. And uh, instead of being maybe not a token woman in motorsport, she would most definitely be at the helm of uh, one of the uh, very competitive cars in the series. So, yes, I agree, Craig. It's a great uh, pickup to see that occur. Um, are there any other things that either, Darren, that you can think of that uh, you think the series is missing out on? Parity an issue, obviously. Number of rounds, obviously. Going back to New Zealand, these are all things. But is there any other things that you think that they're missing out on? Oh, look, it wouldn't hurt to have a little bit more spice amongst the drivers. So, you know, the drivers have been fairly well muzzled for a few years. Um, 
And I think I'd like to see a bit more of their their personalities come out because at the end of the day, you know, you, you see them win a race um, and they're, they're celebrating inside their helmet, but by the time they get in front of a camera, they're sort of very corporatized and, and you know, yes, they're looking after the sponsors and all that sort of stuff, but at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we know that um, they're basically just hooligans inside those helmets, so they should, should let a little bit of that come out, you know what I mean? Roland, I'm sure you'd agree at times it does seem a bit antiseptic, a bit too much ghetto being thrown around and the guys are, as Darren says, you know, a bit muted down. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, there's one, there's one reason that I, I watch NASCAR and that's because it's so wild. You know, the, the drivers are free to do what they want and everything like that, not just on the track but off it as well. And you see, you know, the, the biff and barge and, the, and the, you know, punches getting thrown and things like that in the, in the pit lane and, and it's just it's a little bit wild. The drivers are allowed to, to be themselves and, and have an attitude and, and a personality. And, and it, it's missing from supercars. It hasn't been in supercars mm. for a long time now. And that, that's definitely one of the things that, you know, we're all kind of needing to or, or wanting, wanting to see again is drivers being able to speak their minds, being able to be themselves. And, and as you said, not be that corporatized, you know, Face for the face for the brand, and and that's to be be honest with you, that's probably one of the major reasons I want to get Peter Addison into the sport is because I think he's going to bring that back to it. To be honest with you, so you know, he's he's, he's not afraid to tell it how it is, and I don't think he'd I think he'd tell his drivers the exact same thing. He'd be like, if you've got an issue, you go out there and you say it, and that's what we want to see, you know. And not just that, but if you've got an issue with someone else, you tell them as well. So you know, bring it back. And that's been fascinating this year with the Trans Ams. We've seen the Trans Ams drivers regularly having a red hot go at each other. Oh, Trans Ams are fantastic. Not just on the track, but off it. They're awesome. So love love watching them on on and off the track. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say there's one that, that I, I have found an issue with with supercars this year, and that's the um, the the drift of the car. The you know they're they're having minor accidents that last year you would have been able to you know drive away from. That now, like Brody up in up in Darwin, where he's he's had a minor side on side impact that that's ripped his front wheel out, and 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 his his race is done and dusted. Whereas last year they would have been able to just keep on driving. It might have been a little bit bent, but he probably would have been able to keep going. So the durability of the new cars is a is a bit of an issue. But yeah, other, other than that, that's you know probably the only other thing that I've pulled up on this year is is there there seems to be issues there with these new cars not being as as tough as they should be. Indeed, that's a, a very good point, uh, Rowan, that you bring up. We, we've spent some time talking and interviewing people and talking about repairability, but durability is certainly something as well, that the, the, these cars aren't as robust, and that's certainly uh, something that needs to be uh, maybe um, maybe not an immediate fix, but certainly uh, paid some attention to. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, you know, it is... Well, you know, they just, they just need to, the, the impacts with the, the cars taking forever to fix those front end impacts with forking and stuff, not being able to get back out on track. That was meant to be, that was meant to be fixed. It's just, yeah, there's, 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 there's issues there. They said we're going to be better this year that, that definitely aren't there. So, you know, and that, and that's going to take away from us. We want, we want to see people being more biffo. They're not going to do that if their cars are going to get stuffed if they have a little, you know, nudge on someone on the track. So we want more excitement. We want the, uh, the drivers to be a little bit more, you know, out there, but 
if, if their cars are going to break because they give someone a little side swipe, then that's it, you know? And, of course, one thing we need to say is since we last spoke a year ago, uh, we have some sad news. Kimmy Hunter had passed away, and she was a great part of our fan forums over the years. So our thoughts to Kimmy's husband and, and immediately and immediate family there. And also, since we last spoke, Rowan Meesday and the Erebus Army or members of the Erebus Army, I think, have got themselves their own podcast. So obviously it was so easy to come on here and do it, you decided to do it yourself. Damn straight, yeah, you guys are definitely, you know, you gave me, gave me the bug. So yeah, myself and, uh, and David Haddon, the uh, other Erebus Motorsport Army admin and, uh, and group mascot, decided we were going to start a podcast. So Chat With The Hat is the, uh, is the name, and I think we're uh, uh, 10 or 11 episodes in now. So yeah, it's... Uh, it's been fun. You guys definitely, uh, definitely got me, got me into it, and thought, thought I'll give it a crack myself. It's not as easy when you're uh, when you're hosting it yourself. I'll tell you that much. It's a bit easy when you're just doing the fan forum, but uh, it's uh, it's been it's been enjoyable. So check it out, guys. Chat with the hat and it's on Spotify, all those ones. All right, they're about to say where can we find it? And uh, what do you need to plug, Darren? You've already got a plug in for MIDI, so uh, you can tick that box. No, nothing to plug. All good. Happy here. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us on Inside Supercars and the Fan Forum, both Darren and Rowan. It's been terrific to hear your views and certainly you've given plenty of good points on things that people who love the sport want to see more of and want to hear more of and uh, we certainly want to make sure that the series continues in a better form in the near future. So thank you again for joining us on Inside Supercars Fan Forum. Thanks for having us. No worries, thank you. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more. Or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.